All right, Alexander, let's talk about the situation in the UK. And uh, let's focus on Keir Starmer, who at one point in time was thought to be the, the next prime minister. I imagine he still is the the front runner for the the job of prime minister, but um, given everything that's happened in the in the Middle East and the war in Israel and uh, Gaza, and Keir Starmer's handling of the situation there, it looks like uh, his position is not as secure as once we what once we once we once thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about uh, Keir Starmer and uh, and what's going on with him. You're absolutely correct. I mean, you know, about, was it 10 days ago, before the present conflict in the Middle East began, at least, a bit longer than that, actually, we did a program, we said that, you know, despite the fact that there's no enthusiasm for him in Britain, the current government is so awful that um, it looked all but certain that he would win the election next year and become the new Prime Minister probably with a big majority. And um, he looked like he was in a strong position. And then it took him absolutely no time at all since we did that program to mess things up and to mess things up completely. And he did that because being a neocon himself, he decided that he would follow in Biden's wake (laughs) of the Middle East crisis. So whatever Biden said about the Middle East, Starmer chose to follow. So he also committed himself to supporting um, Netanyahu in Israel, just as Biden did. He seemed to be giving the Israelis, on behalf of the Labour Party, a blank check, just as uh, Biden did. And then he gave an utterly disastrous interview to a British journalist, radio, radio journalist called Nick Ferrari, who is pretty well known here and is a well-known journalist in London. Anyway, Nick Ferrari, he went on this interview with Nick Ferrari, and he said, you know, it's absolutely... He gave the impression of saying it's absolutely fine for Israel to cut off water and energy and fuel supply uh, and food supplies to Gaza, and it would not be a violation of international humanitarian law. And he spoke about all of that, despite himself having once been a human rights lawyer. And, of course, he completely underestimated sentiment within his own party. Members of his shadow cabinet rebelled, told him straightforwardly that they didn't agree with him, that they thought that was completely wrong. The Labour Party in Britain depends very heavily on the votes of Muslim migrants who are concentrated in many places where Labour historically has been strong. They are furious with him. The mayors of London and uh, Manchester, the two most strong Labour cities, have come out and spoken out openly against him. The Labour leader in Scotland, who's also Muslim, by the way, also spoke out strongly against him. He's tried to backtrack and say, well, he didn't quite mean what he appeared to mean about, you know, cutting off um, food and fuel and um, water to Gaza, you know, that he was somehow somewhat misunderstood. He took a week before he gave that correction. The correction when he gave it was completely unconvincing. And frankly, he came out, he came across looking completely out of touch with sentiment in his own party, which overwhelmingly supports a ceasefire, 
in Gaza, and also tactically and politically inept. So uh, suddenly he has gone from looking like, you know, the adult in the room, remember all of that, the competent, uh, a leader who would, you know, be come in and take over from the mess that the Sunak government has created and the Conservatives have created. And instead of that, he's come across as looking like a weak leader who follows and does where Biden leads, who never thinks through what he says, who lacks principle. And we're already getting reports of a huge exodus of party members and uh, Labour councillors from the party. I don't think it's going to change the outcome of the election next year because I think there is still so much anger against the Conservatives. But it has reinforced all the doubts about Starmer that were already there. And I think that when he does become Prime Minister, he will start from a very weak position. I mean, the, the problem in the UK to me on the, from the outside looking in, is that there is no other alternative. I mean, Stammer is terrible, but everyone else is so much worse. I mean, there, yes. there's no one of substance in, in on the political scene, at least not that I can think of in, in the UK. So you almost have to go with Stammer. It's like you have all these terrible choices, so yes. let's just pick another terrible choice until yes. all these terrible choices are done with. I well, mean, exactly. It's kind of like they've kind of got through, through the line. Well, exactly. I mean, there is there is a chance that, you know, Reform UK or one of these parties could get its act together and achieve some kind of breakthrough over the course of the next year. And that may happen. But you put your finger on the problem. The political class in Britain, after the twin, after the shocks of 2016, the Brexit referendum that went completely against um, what they'd expected after the 2015 election of Corbyn as leader of the Labour Party, after the general election of 2017, when the Corbyn-led Labour Party almost won. Anyway, what they have done is that they have closed down all avenues of political debate and discussion in Britain. No, there is no real discussion of any kind any longer in Britain um, that is allowed that deviates from the establishment line. You have a Conservative and Labour parties, which are almost interchangeable in terms of policy positions. You have two leaders, Sunak and Starmer, who, frankly, to most people, look very, very similar indeed. The only reason why people would vote for Starmer is because he is not Sunak. The only reason why people would vote Labour is because they're not Conservative. But nobody expects that Labour is going to provide any change of direction, any real sort of choice. We don't have a proper left in Britain. We don't have a proper right in Britain. We're controlled by the establishment centre. And the result is problems are building up. There's a major debt crisis. Government, uh, uh, the government financial finances are widely believed to be unsustainable. We're finding ourselves in a very heavy tax situation. Productivity is incredibly low. Living standards have never recovered to the level they were in. They had at the, before the 2008 crisis. 
And there doesn't seem to be anybody with any real ideas about how to take things forward. And what this latest crisis has done is exposed again the fact that Starmer is actually a strong man. He has no real ideas of his own. I mean, of all the people to go out and copy, copying Biden, of all people, I mean, it was an extraordinary thing to do. It wasn't that he wasn't, it wasn't just that he wasn't original. <laughs> but he decided that, you know, he, if he had to copy someone, why pick Biden of all people? You know, the big question is uh, after Stammer. I mean, that's it. Stammer's done. I mean, they've used up all the idiots. Yeah. <laughs> who's left? I mean, yeah. who's left? No, no one's left. No, no one's left. I mean, is, yeah. there, is there anybody? Is there anybody that that is capable? Is there anybody on the scene? I can't think of not one person. No, no, can that, I... uh, that That is even making headlines as, as a possible yeah. prime minister two, three, four years down the line. No, I, I mean, I mean, as I said... It, it, what what needs to happen because the electoral system in Britain makes it very difficult for third parties to break through. I should say that the Liberals, who are the historic third party, are also in a mess. They're equally unpopular. They have exactly the same politics as the two big parties. The Scottish Nationalist Party is collapsing. I mean, you know, whatever they were about, they're imploding. They've been exposed with the Sturgeon uh, business as corrupt, self-seeking, incompetent, all of those things. So there, you're absolutely correct. We are in a, we are in a political desert. The, the, long Brexit, the long Brexit war that the establishment waged to try to reverse the outcome of the 2016 referendum has created in Britain a political desert. And that needs to be understood. Now, what comes next? I really don't know. Nobody does. There is Farage is still there. He's still, um, you know, as exuberant as always. He's never shown much sign of wanting to become prime minister or a political leader. That has been one of, he, you know, his great sources of strength. That he's somebody. He's somebody who people have seen as sincerely committed to his particular course rather than being in it for himself. But, you know, he is still perhaps the one person who can connect with the British people in ways that no other British politician can at the moment. Perhaps he will rejoin Reform UK or something like that, maybe, or change UK, I can't remember exactly. Perhaps he'll come back, perhaps he'll take the leadership. I don't get the sense he's very enthusiastic about that idea, but perhaps he will. If it's not him, then, you know, I have absolutely no idea who else it would be, either on the right or on the left. Yeah, well, someone will show up. Well, Klaus Schwab will find someone. <laughs> Klaus Schwab will find someone, exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, you put it very well because I get the sense sometimes that he's, he's the person who's really in charge. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in London, no doubt, there's, you know, the, the spectre layer. After all, we all came up with spectre that. Blofeld. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're, they're running things from there. But, I mean, they're running things down. I, I, I mean, Britain is, I mean, it, it's... It's difficult to convey to outsiders how paralysed 
um, the whole political system is. And of course, the other thing, and this is the, the, the dark side of it, is that just as in Germany, not perhaps quite as bad as in Germany, a political class which is out of touch, insecure, out of ideas, uh, has weak leaders like Starmer and Sunak. They are becoming increasingly authoritarian. They're, they, you know, they're cracking down on protests. I, I, there was a ludicrous scene in which, you know, if you protest for Palestine, you get arrested. And if you complain about the fact that they're Palestinian flags, you also get uh, in, out and about in London, you get arrested as well. I mean, I, I, I am not making that up. That has actually happened. We've actually seen the police arrest people from both sides in that kind of way for you know utterly ridiculous reasons. So it, it, it's we we are seeing a drift towards greater authoritarianism because that's all that the uh, the establishment seems to understand. Even though, by the way, they are not on good terms in Britain with the police either. One gets the sense that the police themselves have pretty much got fed up. Hmm. What an interesting situation. Okay, we will end it there at the Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, Rockfin, and Twitter X, and go to the Duran shop. 20% off. Use the code the Duran 20 Take care.